Welcome to the INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. The Infusion Nurses Society is recognized as the global authority in infusion therapy and is devoted to setting the standard for infusion care. I'm Dawn Berendt, your podcast host and the Clinical Education and Publications Manager for INS. Welcome to INS Infusion Room. My guests today are Beth Dow and Randall Barnes. Beth is the INS Certification Award winner, and Randall was her nominator. And so, of course, our conversation today is going to talk a little bit about Beth's nomination. And then after that, Elizabeth and Randall are going to talk about ownership of practice. And I'm really looking forward to that conversation coming up right after the break. INS is proud to introduce the new Fundamentals of Infusion Therapy Program, or FIT program. FIT is an online interactive platform that offers enhanced learning experience through audio, video, and 3D graphic presentations. The program features eight learning modules that take the participants step-by-step through the essential elements of infusion therapy. FIT is available now through the INS Learning Center on the INS website consider getting fit in 2020. Okay, we're back with Beth and Randall. I want to remind us that the INS Award for Excellence for Certification is presented to a CRNI whose certification through INCC has advanced the welfare of their patients, the organization, or the infusion specialty. CRNIs are an elite practitioner in the field of infusion therapy. Beth, we are so happy that you received this award. And I want to ask Randall to tell us some of the reasons why he nominated you. Well, hi, Don. Thank you so much for having us today. We really appreciate it. Um, This was such an easy nomination, to be honest with you. As soon as I got it by email from INS, um, Beth just came right to my mind. So Beth is um, has, has just such an amazing clinician. Um, she's the hardest working person that I know. Um, to be quite honest with you, I've been working with Beth for so many years. We actually met at an INS event in Boston. And um, ever since then, I've just seen what she's done. She's been so amazing at at um, working with nurses, with young nurses. And I think that was the biggest piece for me. Um, you know, we have a team of, of incredible um, uh, clinicians. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, from from all walks, right? But we have these, these, um, you know, a couple of new nurses, young nurses on our team. And I just think back to when, you know, we were probably a little bit younger and in our nursing career. And, and we all had those nurse managers who were just, uh, just terrible, you know, and they would eat their young, you get it. Um, but Beth, you know, she's amazing. Um, she takes them under their wing. 
she makes, she inspires them. She just, she truly brings, um, you know, young people into infusion and, and, and watching them grow and, and watching her just take them and shape them and, and get them to understand that, you know, infusion is so much bigger, right. Uh, than, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's so much bigger than, you know, what they could ever have imagined. Right. Absolutely. So Beth has just done so many great things, not only for, again, young nurses, uh, but for the society. Again, you probably know that Beth was the, the president of the New England chapter of INS uh, for many, many years. Um, and um, uh, she's, she's just worked so hard. I'm very impressed by her. And, and it was an easy nomination uh, to write. Randall, I see why you nominated Beth. Um, definitely well-deserved. Now, before we move on and hear from Beth, Randall, I'd like you to tell us about yourself. Talk about your practice, who you are, and what you do. Um, wow, that's, uh, I wasn't expecting that. Sorry. Um, Fair is fair. Nope, Guests fair. are my guests. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, well, I started out in the Air Force. Um, I think that's where I really everything began. Uh, I was a combat medic. I loved that. Um, I loved find, you know being being a medic. And um, when I got out of the service, um, continuing on in that field just seemed it just didn't seem like enough. I wanted more, so I got my LPN, and then I went back and got my RN. And I got to tell you, um, my life changed. Um, I love what I do. I, I truly do. I love being a nurse. I, I love patient care. And, 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 you know, Beth will tell you that even as, um, as a, an executive in, in, in nursing, uh, and working, you know, more in an administrative role, I love seeing patients. I enjoy it. I still get out and see patients. And I haven't stopped. Um, and I don't think I ever will. It, it's just something that I truly enjoy. I love being a dad. Um, I have three kids and they are my life and my joy. Truly. Um, I, I, I love that part of my life. I'm a Christian. I love going to church. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Christian, dad, oh, right. nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Sorry to put you on the spot Not here. I really called you. you out. Thank you know, you Don, so much. I'll tell you, actually, you know, Randy is probably the most humble person I've ever met in my life. And what I can tell you is that, you know, his innate ability to lead a team is something that is not found in most places. You know, most supervisors, most mentors, most nursing instructors, most educators will show you or tell you how to do something once or twice. Randy will walk you through that two, three, four, five, six times, upside down, backwards, frontwards, forwards, standing on your head in a corner, in the, in the rain, in the snow, in the sleet, in the hail. He will walk you through that until you can do it backwards, upside down. And, and that's what makes him the kind of leader that people want to work with. And that makes our, our, our team just, just easy to run. Thank you. You do know that you got the award. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like there's a future leadership award there, you know, somewhere um, in, the, in the offing. So, Beth, let's turn over to you and have you introduce yourself. Tell us 
who you are, what you do. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm Beth Dow and I work at Ivy Solutions and we are a, a mobile infusion company. We give mainly specialty biologics in a mobile capacity to patients who, for whatever reason, can't get into the more traditional environment. And uh, our team covers the greater New England area. And we've got a couple little outreaches here and there, but from predominantly New England. And, uh, and that's what we do. Um, it, it's fun. It's exciting. Every day is a new day. You never know really what you're going to encounter because that mobile capacity brings a roll of the dice every morning. And that uh, that keeps things fresh and exciting. It's it's one of those things that will never, ever, ever get boring. And, and I love it. The most important part about what it is that we do is making sure that our team has a, a, a real pride in what it is that they do. You know, in infusion nursing is is really the only area that that crosses every single aspect of healthcare. Mm-hmm. There is no place anywhere along the continuum where you're not going to see infusion or access. It's it's going to happen everywhere. And if you're at the top of your game in infusion, you're at your top of the game. And that's fun. You know, that's exciting. And if you're a nurse and you have a little bit of maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of gypsy in your soul, like that's just a very liberating place to be. And I can't see myself really ever doing anything else. And I and I've dabbled in different specialties and, and done some fun stuff, but you know what, infusion? Infusion's where it's at. And it, it just is, you know, it just, it just is. There's nothing better than meeting people's needs and being able to do it in a way that really suits their nursing needs. You know, being able to provide care, provide therapy in a place where they're comfortable and they're safe. It, it just is, it's great for the nurses. It's great for the patients. It's great for the healthcare continuum. And, you know, it's a niche that I see growing and expanding. And if we can do that while we empower and we educate and we make sure we toe the line as far as best practices go, well, geez, we're doing something right then, aren't we? You absolutely are. And the patients in Boston's vicinity that receives your work are truly in a blessed state. I agree with that. Let's turn our conversation now to ownership of practice. And this was one of the topics that did the two of you wanted to address. So I'm going to ask Beth to go first. Tell us what ownership of practice means to you and where this conversation is going to go. Gosh, I hope the conversation just keeps going and going and doesn't stop. When we talk about ownership of practice, we really are talking about making sure that we're doing the right thing for the right reason at the right time. It's it's extremely fundamental, you know, and that is really when we talk about nursing, nursing care, and making sure that we're doing the right thing, that's where we're at. And if we're not taking the time to make sure that each intervention and each interaction we have with each patient is spot on for the right reason, the right intervention, mm-hmm. the right medication, whatever it is that you do. I don't care if you're in, if, if you're working in the hospital or the ER or the back of a truck or on a farm or in a school, I don't care where you're working. If you're not paying attention to what you're doing and why you're doing it, then we have a problem. We have a big disconnect. And so when we talk about ownership of practice, we're, we're talking about making sure that really we're towing a line and that line is, is quality. That line is best practice. That line mm-hmm. is ownership and making sure that you're proud in what you're doing. You know, you know your yes. standard, your patients know your standard, your providers you work with know your standard. And and that leads us into certification and making sure you put your money where your mouth is and you, you demonstrate your worth. You show, hey, look it, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to prove it. Here it is. 
And, and that's really a big deal. It's, it's important not only to prove to yourself, but in order to make sure that you're maintaining your standard of practice and making sure you're demonstrating that so that people who, who don't know, because our clients, you know, not everybody's in medicine. So if you're dealing with, you know, the milkman or the FedEx guy or the auto mechanic or anybody else who doesn't know about medicine, if you're able to provide them with a standard, you're able to provide them with a, a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, that's wonderful. But what about the specific skill that you're doing right now? You know, what about your CRNI? What about your IGCM? What about all of these other certifications that are specific to what you're doing for that patient right now? Give them some comfort, demonstrate that, and then lead your team to follow you. That's really, you know, if, if you're three, four, five years into practice, I understand where maybe you haven't had time yet. You're still learning. You're still emerging. You're still trying to figure out where your niche is going to be and where you're going to be comfortable. But if you're five, seven, 10, 12 years down the line in your practice, and you haven't chosen an area that you're going to specialize in, and you're not working towards a certification, you kind of need to stop and think about the quality of care that you're providing. And, and if it's really, you know, authentic to yourself, and if it's really what you need to be doing, it's important mm -hmm. to make sure that the every nursing intervention that you do, all of your actions that you do, you do in a purposeful manner and you do with quality and you do with a standard. And, and that is something that you should be proud of. Right? And if you're not proud of it, maybe, maybe you need to do something different. Absolutely. So Randall, what are your thoughts regarding ownership of practice? So um, I, I agree with Beth and I believe ownership is really truly taking your personal ownership and again, stepping up, and, and looking at each patient individually, like, like their family, um, to me, that's ownership. So, you know, what we say at, at Ivy Solutions is, you know, we love our, our patients and our employees, right? That's, that's the key to, you know, to what we do is loving people. So that ownership, that piece of it is, is truly about yourself, right? And anybody can walk into a, a person's home, whether home or hospital, how, wherever you work, and take a, an IV and, and stick it in a vein. Anybody can, you know, count drips or set up a pump. Anybody can do that. But can you do it with confidence so that your patient can sit back and take a deep breath and go, oh, wow, I, I feel good right now. Because I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a patient's home and they'll say, oh, my gosh, the nurse who saw me two years ago uh, was was terrible. I go, how could you have a terrible nurse? I don't understand that. And and that's what Beth and I were talking about, right, Beth? Wait, you have people who just they don't love people, right? They're not doing the right thing, and they, you know, they're they're going in and they're they're looking at work as work as a job. I mean, you know, to make money and. Uh, you know, all the years that we've been doing orientations, right, Beth? And we've talked about this even at INS meetings, right? Um, we'd say, everybody, raise your hand if you got into nursing to make money, right? And it, right, you, you maybe once in a while, you'll see one hand go up and you go, get get out. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can leave now. But, you know, the, the majority truly are, are in it because there's 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 something innate right that's mm -hmm. what nursing is about it's it's innate mm -hmm. and especially in, in you know what we do so when to me with with regard to ownership of 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 what we do 
Um, it's really about how are we setting the stage to make sure that our patients and our employees are cared for, feel loved, and at the end of the day, go home knowing that they were cared for or they got to care for somebody. Um, we, again, you, you, you said it, Don. We, we are very blessed <laughs> to do what we do. Um, but um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the best way that I could look at um, ownership of, of what we do. So Randy says, from an, from an administrative point, of you. Randy says, we love people. That's our mission. That's our motto. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. As a, as a, as a leader, as a direct care provider, I, I ask for one thing from my team and I ask for one good decision at a time. That's mm. it. They, they, thankfully they come one at a time. Your choices come one at a time. Your interventions come one at a time. I want you to make one good choice at a time. And that allows us to toe the line as far as quality standards, making sure we're, we're really doing what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you feel good about what you did. You know, anybody can have a bad day. Anybody can have a day where things just don't work out right. But even when it doesn't work out right, you should know that the care that was delivered, the interventions that you did, your quality of work is the best it could have been. So the mm-hmm. outcomes that you had, maybe they weren't perfect, but they were the best they could have been. And and that's all That's all we ask for. That's all we look for. And that's what we're looking to grow in our team. Because we can take young nurses, we can take older nurses, we can we can take any we can take anyone who wants to be a caregiver, and we can teach them. We can teach and we can teach anybody the clinical stuff. We can mm-hmm. teach aptitude mm-hmm. all day long. What's really hard to mentor, what's really hard to grow, is the will to care, mm. the will to want to do a good job. That that true caritas that that comes from wanting to make sure that the people around you are in a good state. You know, the, the effort of will that it takes to just do a good job and make one good choice at a time. And if you're willing to do that, I want you on my team. And we've talked about that, right? We, we can't teach compassion, right? It's, it's just something, it's, you have it, right? And again, I think that's where we talked about, you know, loving people. And, um, but, but looking at ownership, and you tapped on it a little bit earlier, Beth, and, I, and, and Beth is just amazing. And, and you know, she has her, her master's degree. She's going actually for her second. She's in a nurse practitioner program right now. And, and um, you know, as our chief nursing officer, Beth has just led this team in, in such a direction that I, I've never in a million years imagined uh, that we would be where we're at uh, today. But it's it's really um, it has a lot to do with, you know, what what Beth has brought to this team. But also, he- here's the biggest piece: is ownership is individual, right? Because you have to take your individual ownership. But but from a leadership perspective, Beth takes ownership of this team, which collaborates, right? Which brings it all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you have put together a very nice segue for the next topic that you wanted to address, and that is best practices. And you you listed on the topics that you wanted to talk about best practices and INS infusion therapy standards of practice. 
Best practices are really important. And, you know, I, I have to say when I put together um, policies and procedures, when I put together education modules, when I look at teaching my team, when I look at uh, individual education, whether it's one-on-one or whether it's in a group setting or whether it's in a team setting or whether we're doing a corporate event or whether we're doing um, in-services for a, you know, a facility, always over and over and over and over and over, I come back to the most fundamental practices. And it always, without fail, the INS over and over and over again has the best quality standards of practice that you can ever look for. It, it you know, the, our INS SOP still, I know, I know a new one's coming out and I'm very excited about that, but mine that's mm-hmm. dog-eared, I have actually three copies. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to nurse geek, okay? Confessions from, from the nurse geek, right? <laughs> there's, there's one on my dashboard in my car because my car I'll is my office, okay? <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, amnesty here, okay? So there's one in my dashboard in my car, there's one in my clinical bag, and there's one in my laptop bag. And they're all equally dog-eared and highlighted and the pages are turned. And sometimes I've like, I've like, I've scanned so many times that they're like almost like lightly gray. (laughs) I have a hard time reading them because over and over and over again, we go back and go back and back. And you know what I love the most about INS resources is that it's, it's clear, it's concrete. And, and it never, ever will it point you in another direction. Never, ever. It's this is it, period, done. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole INS SOP, it's, it's like the size of, of Esquire magazine. Like it fits in your bag. Like it's not this giant volume that you have to go through and flip pages and pages and pages and pages. The manuals, the policy and procedure books, what, 264 pages, I think it is, or 263 pages, and they're double-sided, and it's the size of a notebook. How perfect is that? You know why? Mm -hmm. I can't can't get any more perfect than that, right? And you know why? Mm -hmm. Because it's what you need and nothing more. It's going to give you exactly what you need, and it's not going to confuse you with anything else. And yeah, and I, mean, I was just going to say, and I like I like the fact that you know that there there is some some broadness, right? There's some vagueness in some cases that you know really just truly allows a a nurse to make a a clinical decision, right? Um, the 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 biggest piece that I find uh, with best practices is is knowing that we are constantly growing, right? That's the best practice. And and Beth, you and I, we've talked about this. We go off with our nurses and we say, okay, that's good, right? Remember when we used to do circles, right? When we were cleaning a, you know, uh, cleaning a central line, we would just do circles and and now it's up and down and side to side, right? And friction. And, um, and there are people that believe in their mind truly that the best practice is what they are doing. So it's really about us educating and bringing to to light all of this research, right? That that is out there. All of these this great nursing research that has gone into the new best practices, right? Mm-hmm. And bringing mm-hmm. that to the practice, to the bedside. Not just what I think is best practice, but what is uh, what is truly. Um, you, you want to call it the Bible? That's fine. <laughs> the, 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 the true best practice that, that, um, that, that most current, um, data that's out there that shows that this is why we do this. This is the reason. And why? Because this is what's going to save lives. This is what's going to help people. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think we should abbreviate it like the joint commission did a few years ago and just call it the standards. 
period. Oh, I like, like it. So, <laughs> we're going to coin that. Okay, ready? Every time, ready? Every time somebody says that, you're going to get 25 cents or something like that. So listen, <laughs> occasionally people do say that the standard seems slightly vague. I would put a different interpretation on that. And I would say that if you're reading that and you find that it's vague, there's a gap in your knowledge and you you maybe aren't quite ready to specialize in infusion you maybe need i'm I so think sorry you just said i have a gap in my knowledge John. i'm so sorry <laughs> and that's there why she's be. the chief nursing officer <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying i'm just saying that if we read the standards and we're confused or if we read the standards and we feel like maybe there's a little room for interpretation we maybe need to stop and question why we think that. Maybe mm -hmm. we're looking a little bit more minutely. Maybe we're reading that in an interpretation about only a central line, or maybe we're reading that in an interpretation about only a peripheral line. Maybe we're reading that in an interpretation about only a biologic therapy, and we're not thinking about the broadness of inclusion. Because if we, if we keep that in our mind when we read the standards, man, they're clear. They cut the mustard real clear. So there's, there's not a whole lot of room there for interpretation um i i don't feel but that's my two cents sorry don i know i cut you <laughs> off there no you're good so um let's talk a bit about the new standards that are coming up the sop committee is just really working right now um, they're finishing up each draft of each standard and i can tell you the size that you were just talking about the magazine size it's going to get a little bigger um, there's there's a little more content, but what I can also tell you is that there are a lot more references, and that means that there is added evidence now to to um, inform practice. So um, we may see a few more pages because there has been a lot of combing in all the literature that's available. So we um, and that is you know just exactly what we're talking about that best practice is based on evidence that's available and the evidence has been found and we're going to share it very soon next year. Another thing, you know, both of you have talked about that space where sometimes a standard seems vague and there has to be provision for each organization to name their own policy, who to describe practice within their organization, within the structure of the standards. Um, INS and or no other nursing society can really come in and say it, it has to be very specific about this because then we're saying that all organizations have the same product, the same population, the same situation. And those things can only be determined at the local level. So we have had a few times here lately um, in our current uh, global condition where um, some practice has to change in order to accommodate the COVID-19 patients. And we've been asked, could you change the standard for this situation? And I, I get it. I really get what they're asking. They're saying we have to do something that's different right now than what the standards direct. Hang on, hang on. I know you're going to say something, Beth. <laughs> yeah, I um, get it. And we we need to we need to make a concession here. Would not the standard change during this situation? And um, the very thing is, is that standards are explicit, <laughs> and they are they are they are very much exactly what they are. 
But INS understands, practice uh, specialists understand that there are times where certain modifications are necessary due to shortage, due to um, whatever is the current dilemma, but the standard still stands. And we can't go back, we can't change it momentarily, Mm -hmm. um, even during a crisis. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a standard, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what a standard is. Thank you, Don. I I thank you for for standing in solidarity with my standards of practice. I I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, So so here's the thing. If, If we understand the standards, if we understand the theory, if we understand what it is that we're doing, then when there is a crisis, when there is an epidemic, when there's a shortage, when there's a power outage, when there's a monsoon, whatever it is that happens, if we understand why we're doing what we're doing, then any modification we need to make should be blatantly obvious. It shouldn't be difficult, no matter what the situation is. So for us here at Ivy Solutions, we're incredibly blessed. We've been working with an immune-compromised population doing specialty biologics forever. Outside of masks, this is business as usual for us because our hygiene practices are the same. And for the vast majority of our patients, we've been masking actually forever. So it, it's it's very, you know, very few accommodations we've had to make because that, that's just the population that we function within. But I understand how looking at acute care when you're dealing with someone who is being intubated, extubated, when you're dealing with, you know, an acute SARS issue, how, you know, now precautions are dramatically different. I can also think about several several areas where infusion and emergently acute medicine collide where you know standards sometimes are you know it's like NASCAR style standards you know where you got to like you got to do the standards but got to move really fast you know and I and I get that um but again if we dial it back to understanding why we're doing what we're doing and this is what I love about INS if we fundamentally understand why we do what we're doing then the standards and any little tweaky change we have to make regarding supplies, regarding you know infection control, then it becomes a tweaky little change. And it's not an augment in your practice. And it's definitely not a, a, a um, an infraction of the standards because you understand why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well said. But what about, you know, I mean, same thing with policy, right? I mean, we've, we've come up against this, right? Should we change policy? And, and again, um, we have to have a, a level of this, this is what it should be. It has to be like this. And then can we, do we have to maneuver from that? Well, sure. I mean, I, th- I think back to when I was a medic and, and, you know, I, you know, we had to put a line in a patient, you know, you know, rip the, the roof off the car and turn their head to the side and put an IJ in, you know, and was that the most cleanly way to do that? I mean, yeah, we, we did what we had to do, but, but again, did we follow exactly precisely everything that needed to be well no we just we we didn't have space we didn't have room we a lot of the time we weren't even seeing what we needed to see so um so i agree with you beth i think that you know the standard is it's the standard that that's it that's that's the one point that's true north right that's where we that's where we go to and sometimes in a in a time of you know need like right now we we have to modify things, but do we do we go back and change the standard to do that? 
Well, no, I think that we we modify our, our policies, right? We'll put together emergency policies that allow us to work within those standards to, to the best we can. Is, would you agree or disagree with that? I think what you're talking about is a temporary action or mm-hmm. a temporary accommodation. Mm-hmm. And that, sure. Like, so, so are you going to change your glove policy in the ICU and you're going to temporarily allow double gloving because you don't want someone to remove their native pair mm-hmm. of gloves so they don't mm-hmm. break their entire precaution? Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Um, if you are talking about a temporary accommodation because we don't have nitrile right now and we can only get, you know, polyurethane gloves. Sure. Okay. So we're going to use sterile polyurethane gloves. Oh, no. We... There's a shortage of that. We're bounced back to latex. Okay, now we're going to use sterile latex gloves. Mm-hmm. So now we got to wash our hands 15 times instead of three. Okay, fine. Sure, no problem. A temporary action and temporary accommodation does not mean there's a change in standard. That's right. And it definitely doesn't mean there's a change in practice. Mm-hmm. You might change the tool that you're using. You, mm-hmm. may, you might add a little flair onto what it is that you're doing, but that doesn't change your standard of practice, and it doesn't change the practice that you deliver to your patient. Mm. That doesn't change. There are only a couple places where where things truly can be infracted, and that would be like you know emergency medicine. Okay, so if you if you can deal with a septic event two days later because you need to stop bleeding now. Okay, mm. I, I get it. Okay, so in emergency medicine, I understand that there's some some differences there, but outside of the OR and outside of emergency medicine, I can't think of anywhere where if we just take a moment. And everyone else has time, you know, okay, there's, there's not time in a couple areas, but everybody else has time. If we just take a minute to think through what it is that we're doing, mm-hmm. we can figure out how to do this and maintain compliance with best practices and definitely not abridge our standards. Mm-hmm. And move forward with confidence. Absolutely. You know, we've made the best like decision to provide the safest care possible mm-hmm. in this given situation. So let's talk about pursuit of certification. I know that was something that was important <laughs> that you touch on today. So um, I, I see you, Beth, you're already ready to start talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing unusual. But... <laughs> no. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should see if there's anyone else who wants to address this. But pursuit of certification, continued education, um, why is this important? Oh my gosh. You know, okay. So when we look at continuing education, that's just essential. Okay. Healthcare is dynamic. It's not going to, it's not going to be static. It's, it, you, you can't stop learning. The moment you stop learning is the moment you decide that that's it. You're, you're not going to practice any longer. Okay. So when, so when you decide you're going to stop paying attention, you're going to stop learning, you need to really make some, some decisions about, about your career. Um, when we look at the pursuit of certification, that's saying that you are now moving forward. You've chosen your specialty. This is it. This is what you want to do. This is what you want to continue to do. And you're going to practice at the top of your game. Not only are you going to practice at the top of your game, you're going to demonstrate that outwardly with a certification. You're, you're going to validate. You're going to test yourself and you're going to prove your worthiness with an, a, a national certification, an international, international certification. And you're going to demonstrate that for everyone. And you're going to lead your coworkers with that. And you're going to encourage them to pursue care at the highest level as well. It's incredibly important. It's incredibly important to make sure that whatever your specialty is, 
that when you decide that that's it, then you reach for the highest level of care in that place. And that goes back to ownership too, right, Beth? Because I mean, if if you don't take ownership in uh, in your in your domain, right, in in your your infusion domain by obtaining certification, then you're really not reaching for the highest point. I mean, I agree. It's validation. We, we all need to do it. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the things that Beth has pushed for, not only as the president of, of the Infusion Nurse Society for, for New England chapter, but, but also on our team, right? She demanded, and when I say demanded, Don. When when Beth demands something, right? She demands it, and she demanded that <laughs> that our team that we pay for our nurses to obtain certification. It's it's that important. So again, I think it goes out to you know all of the you know all the listeners out there. If if you're an administrator, you really have to get your team understanding how important the that personal ownership is. But that that comes from that that individualism of personal certification they need to validate everything all of the knowledge that they have and if they don't have the knowledge yet well then then it's our job to educate them and bring them and bring that knowledge to them that's why we're so involved in the in the chapter here in in new england because we truly care we want um you know these these nurses to um improve right we want them to be validated so again uh ownership yep check um validation yep check uh but also administratively we have to um we have to get behind this and we have to say okay financially we need to help with this right so every organization that's out there that has that has nurses that are that are performing infusions why why haven't you written the check yet to to make sure that all of your team members are being certified or or have the education provided to them so they can be certified. It's incredibly important. It, you know, not not getting behind certification is is the equivalent of saying, "Ah, it's good enough." That's good enough. And you know, like let's let's be honest. I, I mean, we're not we're not making Twinkies, we're not making widgets, we're not changing tires. These are people. We're dealing with humans, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, why would you not reach for the the best. Mm. Yeah, I would never go, like I I think to myself all the time, like if I was going to the dentist and the plaque outside the dentist's office said, "Mm, three out of 10 stars. (laughs) Would you walk in? (laughs) Would you go in? I mean, come on, okay? Like I got a degree from the Plato Dental Academy. Like I would walk in there. Full credit dentures, 99.95, yeah. I mean, why would you go in? Like in, in, in nursing, we have fantastic nurses who aren't certified. And to mm. them, I say, put your money where your mouth is. Mm. Okay, if you're, if you're that good of a nurse and you want to call yourself an IV nurse, well, well dang it, get certified. Mm. Show, show that. You know, mm-hmm. what's, what's preventing you from doing that? Mm-hmm. And as an administrator, get behind that and push for it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really a big deal because when I see people who are not reaching for that, it tells me a couple things that are really important. It tells mm-hmm. me, number one, about their will to learn. It tells me about their work ethic and it tells me about the pride they take and the care that they, they give. And those three things are critically important. And if someone is not engaged in moving forward, geez, I, I, I think I know all I need to know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a budget line item, Beth. We, we know that, right? We, we got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Don't be, don't be <laughs> with my team. We got it. I will never, ever mess with that. Ever, ever, ever. 
Um, no, it's important. And, and, and Donna, I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this because it does bring us back to, you know, just what this is all about is, is celebrating, you know, um, Beth and, and all that she's done, you know, about certification and, and, and with the infusion nurse society. And, and I got to tell you, you know, um, there's nothing better than watching a patient who has confidence in their nurse. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen this. I mean, you walk into a room and you, you can tell, right? I mean, we've, we've had nurses come in and, and you see them, the nurse is shaking more than the patient, right? And, and, and there's, there's that, that lack of confidence that, that comes, you know, with a, a lack of knowledge or wisdom or whatever it is. But, but there's something about that certification that truly validates. It's like, it's like putting on a cape, right? You're, you become superwoman or superman, like super nurse, right? You, you put on this cape and it's, it's different. You're different. You walk into a room, you, you take ownership of, of what you're doing, right? You, you, you truly gain the confidence of the room, yourself and the patient. Um, and it's not a cockiness. It's a, it's a true innate confidence. And your patient mm-hmm. sees it and they know it because, because you know it. You've gone out. You've taken that opportunity to educate yourself, to validate all of the learning that you have. And now you walk into a room going, I got this. I know exactly mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And your patient, your patient knows it. And the patient has so many things. The stress of being a patient and the concerns that mm. are with that patient, the trauma that the patient is going through, to have someone come in and say, I've got this, I can carry this, and you don't have to worry about this, um, to essentially share your expertise in a way that will make such a difference in that patient's life is so important invaluable very true and that speaks that speaks to the quality of care that speaks to your you know the quality as a clinician as a nurse as a human that you want to be able to provide so you're going to give this quality to that patient and you're going to continue to give that quality you're, so your your learning doesn't stop with your certification so I, I don't know, I, I equate this to, so I'm a runner and I equate this to road races. So you, you finish a marathon and you get that medal and it's fantastic and it's great and, and it's nice, but you know what happens next Saturday? Another race, right? And you're going to get another medal. Oh, I was going to take donuts. One, it, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> donuts are in between the Saturdays, right? Donuts are in between. But you know, the thing is you're going to continue. You're going you're gonna to continue and you're going to continue to certify. You're going to continue to educate. You're going to continue to go to conferences where you're going to learn different things. And you're going to continue to share that not only with your team, mm. but with your patients and with your broader society to make sure that your entire organization is moving forward with you. You're going to bring your team. You're going to bring all your coworkers and you're all moving in the same direction because healthcare is not adequate. But the next piece to that, Beth, is when you get to that point of you know that that you have been certified for so long and you've been doing this and you've given back right and you've you know worked with INS you've worked in the you know with national or you've uh, it's about teaching right we we need to bring that forward we need to bring that knowledge forward and also we need to now supply that data right we should be looking into research right our, our team should now be we should agree 
you shouldn't be static, right? We should be looking into what's the next best thing. How do we build best practice in the future? How do we take ownership of what we're going to do? And how do we be like Beth and ensure that it doesn't stop here, that this continues, right? And that we continue to build a, the next generation of, of certified nurses, the next generation of confident clinical providers that, uh, you know, are going to bring us into the future. We do that at conference. We go, we, we listen to the research, we consume the research, we, we enjoy the research, we share the research. And then we look at, on my level, I look at my team building. On my level, I look at my in-services. I look at one-on-one -on -one education. I look at 30-on-one education. At an administrative level, you look at corporate education. And that's critically important to make sure that we are consumers of education, but we also are providers, providers of education. Yeah, mm -hmm. It can't, it can't stop that, that it's the second that wheel stops turning, it's time for me to, you know, go look at property in the Hills because it's maybe not, <laughs> maybe not nursing time anymore. Right? So I'm going to ask each of you to uh, put together a closing thought. Um, and while you're, while you're putting together your thoughts, um, we just want to talk for just a moment that in the fall, um, all things uh, considered, mm -hmm. our first INS regional summit is being held in the New England chapter area, specifically in Norwood. Mm -hmm. And we are delighted that it's in your vicinity. And we are hoping that you're going to be so there and, mm -hmm. and bring in your folks. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing each other and sharing the information that we've put together for um, that summit. And it's uh, just really going to be fun to kind of be at INS's home base uh, to do this first launch and then to move on from there. Okay, so let's, let's go and, Randall and we first. Will be there. <laughs> We're looking forward to mm -hmm. that. Randall, let's go with you first. Uh, closing thoughts. Wow, closing thoughts. Um, How do well, you wrap this up? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so let me let me start by saying this. Um, first of all, Dawn, thank you so much for this incredible opportunity. And, and thank you to the Infusion Nurse Society. You know, it's it's truly awards like this that give us the opportunity to really show who it is that's you know that's that's a superstar you know out in the infusion world that's that's making a difference not only at, at a at a patient by patient level but but at such a level where it's it's um it's so grand right so it was such an honor for me to sit down and write this nomination uh, for beth gosh um you know it I, I can't emphasize it enough. It was so easy to write. It really was. I, um, when I got that email and it said, who would you nominate? It was, it was so easy. Beth Dow. Beth Dow was just so easy. came right to my mind. And, and to write that, oh my gosh, I, I'm just, I'm so proud of her. Uh, I'm so proud to work with her. I, you know, she's an incredible clinician. She's an amazing leader. She's an outstanding mom. She's just such an impressive person. So, uh, I mean, we celebrate her today, and I'm, I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to be on this podcast with her. So, again, I thank you for the opportunity to come here. I thank you for the opportunity that INS provided 
for this nomination. And, uh, and I got to tell you, you picked exactly the right person for this award. And, and congratulations, Beth. Great job. And Beth, your closing thoughts. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, INS. Thank you, nursing community at large. It's uh, a very humbling opportunity and experience. And what I would say is um, the truth of the matter is there aren't closing thoughts. We continue. We continue to learn. We continue to grow. We continue to share. We continue to practice. And uh, we, we don't. That's this big secret, right? We don't. We don't put a lid on it. We continue with that until we're <laughs> until we're ready to retire, and even then, probably we take care of grandkids. So we that's the, <laughs> probably the big secret is that you know closing, you know maybe maybe not necessarily closing closing thoughts, but maybe you know in future education is what we would look at that as. Mm. And uh, and I just say thank you, and I want to thank both you, Beth Dow, and Randall Barnes for being my guest today on INS Infusion Room. This concludes this episode of INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. We welcome your comments. You can reach us at infusionroom at ins1.org. That's infusionroom at ins1.org. Thank you for listening.